labelling the good things around Australia. Our experts analyse the weekend's major meetings. Get set on Radio Tab. Grab your Caulfield form guide because David Gately is about to join us and then we'll have a chat to Michael Maxworthy, Ray Hickson, Ben Scadden. and Colin McNiff will come back because he's got a few for Sunday at Hobart. Of course, it is Hobart Cup Day. But David Gately's with us now. Thanks, Dave. Yes, racing back at Caulfield. A bit of a, I wouldn't say a disaster last week, but gee, it was pretty savage, the track pattern. <clears throat> Rail comes back through, though, and uh, I know the track staff, uh, were conscious of what happened last week with that hot inside rail and um, you know, a bit more watering is what I hear and uh, hopefully level it out for the punters, you know, to give us a chance of winning. Um, group one racing's back. Of course, it's the third leg of the quaddy, but we need the first leg uh, and it's race seven, the Diamond Prelude. I think it's a challenging uh, division unless, you know, Bulba steals as good as we think. So, I think it's Bold Bastille or who knows, basically. I mean, she was terrific on debut. She ran the time to back it up. She thrashed Hayasagi, who's here. That horse comes out and wins the preview. Her recent jump out suggests she hasn't gone backwards at all. Flathead had a nice, quiet trial, but all Baronese are on debut. They ran quality last 600 figure, those um, those horses. And Hayasugi with the fitness edge, get to 1,100. Has some ground to make up on Bold Bastille. It goes in the wider quality, one, five, and two. Race two, the Rubiton Stakes, and look, I think it's a great race for Esfora. She's so well-weighted as a 111 rater. All her form, early in preps, you know, below 1,200 is exceptional. Um, she's won three or four, first up, in fact, latest this track and trip, then beat all Baron Imperatries in track record time. Takes some beating control, look good. That potato, I think she was at her best last prep. Her best is high, is high class. Esfora did beat her when they clashed in the Oakley Plate, but... This girl was five or six wide that day. And Callus has a good rough here. I think he's not out of this at all. He's been a good horse since they gelded him. And they're my three, four, five, and two. Race two, uh, second leg, sorry, race eight, second leg, Quaddy. Race nine's a good one, of course, the all stakes, and it's Mr. Brightside's race to lose. I mean, he's totally bulletproof. Fast speed, slow speed, wide runs, wet tracks, dry tracks, nothing bothers him. He's an absolute machine. Pericles, I loved his trial. And Pride of Jenny, um, gee, she came of age last prep. Starting to look like Vaux Rogue at the end with a couple of really fast wins from the front. So we'll go one, two, eight, our wider quaddy in the all stakes, the third leg. Coming home, the Legrand stakes for the Phillies. Again, it's, it's a challenging race. Australia resumes. I, I liked her trial. I liked her first prep. She did a lot wrong. She was pretty hot through that campaign, but gee, she ran well in some good races. Um, I've got her on top, but not solo in the quaddy. Blank to Banks, uh, trolled well, comes through some good two-year-old races in Sydney, off, you know, off and off wide runs. She might be really good. All and over, forget last prep. The recent trial was great. It's probably over the odds. Amasura looked good on debut. Did a bit wrong, but still beat them. And exploring can improve here. And in the wider quaddy, 8, 7, 1, 12, and 2, home. It's a reasonably thin... This week in the quaddy, give us strength. Our best race eight number four is Asfora. We've touched on her. Um, the value uh, I thought was um, a bit challenging uh, for our value play. We sort of uh, we, we've gone with um, Marble Arch. So race three number seven. Uh, just sort of double figure odds would be competitive with this horse. Another will who is going to be hard to beat. 
honestly thought another world would head to Sydney, but um, they're staying at Caulfield. And uh, Marble Arch might be an each-way play race. Three, number seven, our value play. And Sydney, um, our best after that key scratching. We're going race five uh, in Sydney. Number seven, gently rolled, who was, I thought, an excellent return. Last 600, 200 figures, terrific. Beat all by Willido. And she's proven second up. So race five, number seven, gently rolled, will make our new best at Randwick. Thank you, mate. Bryce Hayes trains, $2.40 at the moment. Ramwick, race five, number seven, gently rolled. Asfura, Caulfield, race eight, four is two twenty-five, And he mentioned three, seven, Marble Arch at $10 each way. He did uh, think that another wheel may go elsewhere. So I mentioned another wheel's price. It is $2 in that race, race three, nine. So maybe you want to take another wheel in there with exotics with that other one that he just touched on, uh, which is Marble Arch. Yeah, repeating $10 and $2.80. Mark Zara rides for the Hayes boys. Just the quadrilla numbers. First leg is race number seven. And his numbers are one, five, and two. So one, five, two in the first leg. Uh, Bulba Steel, and Cole mentioned, into, into red figures, 195. In second leg, race nine, it's one, two, and eight. In fact, the second leg, race eight, my apologies, it's four, five, and two. So four, five, two in race number eight. Race nine, it's one to eight. So one to eight. And race 10, the numbers are eight, seven, one, 12, and two. So just those quadrilla numbers again at Caulfield. First leg, race seven, one, five, two. Race eight, four, five, and two. Race nine, it's one, two, and eight. And in race 10, the numbers eight, seven, one, 12, and two. Michael Maxworthy is about to join us on Get Set. Good morning to you, Mike. Good morning, Steve. We're back to Doombin tomorrow. A few showers overnight. They've upgraded the track, or they've, they've updated the uh, Australian racing website. So it was a five yesterday, down to a six. So that's what I'm working on for tomorrow. Um, you know, a soft five, soft six. I guess it depends on what happens today and overnight. They are forecasting a few more showers. Jay Anthony, the form doesn't look good on paper, this preparation, but obviously going better than that reads. Third up here, you like it, race seven. Yeah, at a first preparation up here uh, for Hoisted O'Day, she sort of did something similar. Not much in her first two runs, and then she put together back-to-back -to -back wins here at Doom, but in easier grade. And then was a good second at Eagle Farm behind Coeur Royale. Since the spell, um, I thought she trialled brilliantly one day against Zoo Style. Uh, but the two runs back this time have been in, in stakes races, basically, the nudgy. Uh, she was beaten about five lengths behind Lady Laguna. And then in that Magic Millions, Phillies and Mares, it's more like a stakes race, isn't it? Um, she didn't quite measure up, finished around about midfield. But both runs were good enough to suggest third up, she can do what she did last prep and get the money. I, I just love the, the race that they've found for her here. A benchmark 85 over 1,200. On the minimum handicap, the good draw, give in the ground. Uh, she was $9 yesterday. I think she's taken a little bit of a trim, but I think she's a great each-way bet in the first leg of the quaddy. Race 7, number 12, Jayanthi. Into 6.50 and 2.20 now, 7.12, Jayanthi. This is Big Odds, Butch and Bugs, race 8. Yeah. Look, he's a very interesting horse, um, Butch and Bugs. Formerly trained at Kembla, I think. Uh, just looking at some of his old form, he's a 7-year-old by sidestep. Um, he... 
tailed off one day, was pulled up, I think it was at Wyong, and he was engaged in a couple of midways at Randwick where he was disqualified. I haven't delved into why, but anyway, he, he arrives at Joel Pengeli's uh, stables on the Gold Coast with some sort of renewed enthusiasm. He won first up at Ipswich, was a very heavy track beating London Banker. It was a handy field. Then he finishes fourth at Doombin behind Hollywood North, and he should have won comfortably, I've got no doubt. And then he went around in the Sunshine Coast Cup, ran seven of 16 behind Kinlock, when he, where he was out of his depth there. He's 14 lengths off the lead. Now, the backmarkers were entitled to close off, Steve, because they went at a relentless gallop, but he was back last. He came right around the whole field and kept maintaining a solid gallop to the line. So, dropping back significantly in grade here, I've marked him at about $10. When I looked yesterday, he was $21 and $4.60. So he could be, could be a good play for us in the second leg of the quaddy there if he can get up at a big price. Number nine in race eight, Butch and Bugs, uh, to be ridden by CJ Graham. Yeah, formerly with a trainer I've never heard of, uh, Peter Green, before coming to Queensland. And by the way, you're sitting on a runway. Be careful. Am I? Sitting on a runway. It sounds like it, doesn't it? Yeah, I just did two planes <laughs> in two seconds, in uh, 30 seconds. Um, yeah, well, you're right about that. They changed uh, the flight path, I think, about a year ago, and she goes straight over the top. Um, but I'm used to it now. All right, $21. And what's the one in... Oh, you like Viminelli last time. Ran very, very oh, well. Yeah. And... Oh, yeah. Look, yeah, you, you can't possibly be have bad luck three, four times in a row. I thought it was a case of third time lucky. No one's fault. It's just that he's developed this habit of being uh, a bit ordinary out of the gate, slightly hesitant and not being able to muster speed. And then he, he's made up a terrific amount of ground in the worst part of the track. We all know Sunny Coast, um, we started off on a slightly soft track that day. The inside is taboo and it was again that day. And he just couldn't get to the outside. He rattled home. And I reckon if you run that 10 times, he wins at nine. Well, he's up to 13.50. I just hope he um, begins better. Uh, I think Jake Bayliss will be on to that. He'll have him warmed up before the start. All he needs to is to break well and I think he can get back into the good books with everyone. That's race 10 at Doomba tomorrow. Number four, Viminelli. $3.50. So your three selections are 7 12 Jayanthi, six fifty eight nine Butch and Bugs, $21 and $10.4, $3.50. That's Doomba. We'll talk. You'll be with David in the morning, Michael. Yep, look forward to that. Thank you, Steve. Have a good day. There he is, Michael Maxworthy from the Sky Network. Michael made reference to Butch and Bugs being disqualified um, some time ago from a, a race, and I'm just trying to find that information. So, uh, Racing New South Wales is, gives you a lot of information. I'm sure it's there. I've just got to find it. Ray Hickson, of course, uh, is a lot to do with the website as well, and he joins us now. How are you, Ray? Yeah, hey, Steve. Uh, pretty good, thanks, mate. What are you looking for? Butch and Bugs. He was disqualified from... Michael likes him in Brisbane. He was with another trainer previously in New South Wales, and he was disqualified one day, and I just don't know why. Mm. Uh, it does, does sound familiar. Yeah. But no, I'm sure you'll find it. I think he might have won and, and lost it anyway. I'll find it. I'm sure you will. Mm. It was 9th of July, 22. Uh, Mon Felicity ended up winning the race on a heavy night. Anyway. Now, Randwick, you like one in race five? Yeah, we'll kick off in race five, number seven, Gently Rolled. This race has changed complexion. Well, it will change complexion. 
Come tomorrow morning, three of the nine runners are racing tonight at Canterbury. And I think that helps Gently Roll's cause. She's a horse that does like to get back a little bit in the field and she's not going to be conceding too much of a start. She's got a big finish on her. And while she's coming from midway grade up to a 78, I think she's a horse that still has plenty of upside. Only had the eight starts. Uh, she's you know, run well over this track and distance back in July. And like I said, I think if she can just be on the back of the speed there somewhere, she's got the turn of foot to get over the top of them. So I like the support that's been around for her. Uh, race five, number seven. Five, seven, gently rolled. And you like one in the next as well, race six. Yeah, very, very tricky race there, Eskimo Prince, Steve. Uh, obviously, a lot of smart three-year-olds resuming. Uh, I'm going with number five, Moravia. I think that um, this is a horse that took big steps in the spring, went from winning a maiden on the 10th of August to next start, second in the San Domenico, gave Cylinder a big fright in the run to the Rose and was beaten a length and a half in the Golden Rose in that blanket finish. He's a, a horse that looks quite progressive. He's, he's trialled up quite well. I think he might be able to lead this field or he'll certainly be right on the speed. And I just think he's one of the horses that's probably best suited to 1,200 metres first up here. You've got a lot of his other rivals, the likes of Tom Kitten, Griff, looking for a mile. So maybe Moravia might be able to strike here. I think he's well placed to do so. Race six, number five. Six, five. And what's the one in race nine that you like? Yeah, good old horse called Marquis, number seven. He was pretty good to me last preparation, actually. He won uh, three of his five starts. I kicked off at a 1,300-metre race at Warwick Farm and just kept progressing from there. Uh, I just like to set up in this race, Steve. He's a horse that races best when he's just able to stalk the speed, and you'll get that opportunity here in a race where there's not a lot of pace. He's drawn to get that run probably third, fourth in the run, and he's been prepared well for a 1,600-metre race first up, I think. So I uh, just, just love the way the race sets up for him. There's a lot of back markers here. He won't be one of them. Race nine, number seven. Nine, seven. So you're three. Five, seven, gently rolled. Six, five. And also 9-7. Give them strength, Steve. And we'll chat to you in the morning and grab your we'll do, mate. quadrilla thoughts. That'd be terrific. Thanks, Ray. Thanks, Steve. Yeah, so David Gately mentioned Bryce's horse. A 2.40 uh, from Ray Hickson. Gently roll, 5-7. The one in race six is number five. The price, Moravia, $5. And Mark Quest in race nine, number seven, with tab right now, is $2.90. Ben Scadden found quite a few winners last week in this particular segment. He joins us. How are you, Ben? G'day, Steve. Yeah, last week was OK. Let's hope we can continue it on uh, Saturday, hey? Well, we start here in the third race with a horse that's uh, pretty good odds. Double figures, in fact. Yeah, so having a bit of a throw at the stumps with a, with a couple tomorrow. But um, a couple that I, I really like, their, their most recent runs, and I'm... I'm kind of sticking true to my my black book, so I give out black bookers on a on a Monday with David, and um, yeah, if I see those horses appearing, I think the conditions suit them. Then uh, yeah, I like to follow them, and yeah, Fan Malia for Sandy Brennan, really liked the uh, the first up run, hadn't hadn't raced for around about four or five months, um, was fourth at Gawler behind San uh, Lucido. Will he be a factor? Was second in that race. He's franked that form. We were on him last week. Will he be a factor? Um, I thought it was a good effort, yeah. Got a long way back. Made very good ground to be beaten just over two lengths. Uh, barrier 10. So, look, he's a he's a horse who, from there, Tegan Boreham, I'm sure, will get back on. Um, but, yeah, I'm 
pretty confident he's going to be finishing off very strong. I think it's a pretty even race. Obviously, I am caviar not coming across now, which takes a little bit of excitement out of it because it would have been nice to see uh, the son of Black Caviar here. But um, I think Van Maley can run a run a really solid race and um, you're still going to get each um, first three each way at this stage as well. So, um, yeah, I think he's definitely worth a shot. And Malia. $3711. In the next race for the Jollies, Richard and Chantel, Jake Toroke, a 360 your selection. Yeah, and the scratching of the top by Simeon makes a little bit of difference to this race as well. But Maramenko, again, another one that I, I was very taken by the uh, by the last start. It's kind of settled settled midfield, worked through, uh, just got overhauled late by Emma Dexter, who's racing really, really well. Source has only been with Richard and Chantel Jolly for uh, for a couple of runs. The first up run at Murray Bridge was was sound. The second run I thought was a whole lot better. I mean, it was only a class two, admittedly, so not a super strong race. But um, Jake Tarek, a premier jockey on board, I reckon this horse is absolutely cherry ripe now and ready to roll. Fifteen hundred metres looks like about the right trip. Right trip. That's what it was last time when he was second behind I'm a deck star, not bet, not been very far. I think with just a. A tiny touch of improvement from that. He'll be uh, be super competitive tomorrow, Marimenko. I think he's um, thinks the horse has got a got capacity to build a really really good record here in Adelaide for this stable. Yep, three dollars and sixty cents. We should mention too that uh, Kiro Yanagi, of course, came out this morning. It was a short price favourite here. Yeah. They accepted Adelaide in Melbourne, but going around in one of the preludes of the Diamond, a much tougher assignment. So, obviously, have an opinion yeah. of the horse. So, be interested to see how it goes Don't in Melbourne. Be, yeah. It's going to be very, very interesting, yeah. yeah there's, there's been a, in Adelaide, there's been a lot of hype around that filly for quite a while. Race nine, what do you like? Race nine, another black booker, um, Wild Willie. Uh, now with Jamie Oppen racing in those Lee Creek colours that we knew with Casino Wizard from, from many years ago, ridden by Jacob Oppen, Jamie's son, drawn beautifully in barrier four. Again, he was a horse I think was really good behind second to none last time. And second run, as we know, has um, been faultless this campaign. It was um, yeah, a really bold effort, I thought, that day. Um, I think he's yeah, racing in, in very solid form. Barrier four, Jacob's got a few options there. I think he'll, he'll settle, settle very close to the speed. If he does that, I think he'll, um, he'll be right there at the finish and he'll be, um, he'll be each way odds as well, for sure, I would expect Wild Willie. He's uh, very confident that he can run a very bold race tomorrow. 7.50 at the moment, race nine, number two, Wild Willie. I'll chat to you again next Friday. Good on you, Steve. Thanks very much for that. Thank you. Yes, the Oppermums, Wild Willie, those purple and black colours. So Ben's three for Morfittville, race three, seven, Fan Marley, $11, four, three, Marimenko, 3.60, and race nine, number two, as mentioned, Wild Willie, 7.50. But if you close your eyes, does it Ladies have got the good record in the Hobart Cup the past two years. Last year, it was Winona Coston won it. Hobart Cup, military mission. Previous year, Talia Hope, Ho-Ho Khan. Of course, prior to that, WT, Turak Affair, East Ender, Pretty Punk, Count Da Vinci, Up Cups, and, of course, the star, the million-dollar earner, all Tasmanian money, Gigi's Black Flash in uh, 2015, Siggy Carr and John Luttrell, the trainer. Colin McNiff joins us now. Good morning, Colin. Morning again, Steve. Yes, uh, Hobart Cup, the 150th running of the Hobart Cup this Sunday. How many have you called, Colin, so far? Uh, this will be 34. Wow. Who won mm. the first one that you called? 
Uh, Bev Buckingham, Dark Intruder, 1986. I called nine for a live TV in the 80s and 90s, and I've done, this will be my 25th uh, on course since 2000. Inspirational yeah. lady, of course, Bev. How long after that mm. did she have that fall, Colin, which ended her career? Uh, yeah, that would have been probably uh, in the early 90s, uh, that was. Well, probably about 10 years later, probably about yeah, 10 years after that, about 96. She was the first female rider, of course, in the Southern Hemisphere to win 1,000 races. Yeah, you're right. May 98, Cole. Yeah, Elwick, yeah. the fall. Yeah, yeah she's, um, she's back living here in Tassie now. She's moved back down in the past couple of years, living up on the northwest coast. So uh, we catch up with Bev every now and then. She uh, gets down to the odd race meeting, so it's lovely to see her out and about. Her dad was a terrific horseman, wasn't he? Mm, yeah, the late Ted Buckingham. They yeah. had a lot of success, yeah. They did indeed. On Sunday for Cup Day, you like one in race four? Loudmouth is one trained by Dave, uh, trained by John Key, should I say, to be ridden by David Perez. It's only had the one start at trial very nicely before returning to racing here in Hobart. Ran a solid third. You thought, well, it's only got to improve marginally to win at its next start. It goes to the 1,400 metres. Looks an ideal race for it. Race four, number three, Loudmouth. Have you just go up with a market on that race, four, three, Loudmouth. But however, a market here, race eight, you're coming up with the 11, and that's Gigi's gemstone, and it's $4. Yeah, look, uh, if you've ever seen a good thing beaten, uh, this was it in Launceston at Wait for Age uh, on the 26th of January. It had Barry one. It just couldn't muster any early speed. was back second or third last coming around the home turn. Never, ever saw daylight at any stage. It went to the line under double wraps. I think this horse has got the potential to be the best horse down here. Gigi's uh, gemstone. It's only lightly raced. It's only had about 11 stars. But it won four in a row before that unplaced run in Launceston. Uh, Gigi's gemstone barrier seven this week should be uh, in the in a nice position midfield to enable to ping. It's got a, a paralysing finishing burst. So I think the four dollars pretty good odds to be perfectly honest. Race eight number eleven Gigi's gemstone. Very keen there eight eleven. And you think Patrick Payne can win the cup race nine? Well, boy, it's hard to see Alambra Lad being beaten. It's run in the summer cup. The weight for age was just sensational. It was three wide. It did have cover for the trip. And when Jai McNeil just eased out of the six hundred metre mark, it joined in and sprinted away. It's got that, that turn of foot that, that not a lot of stayers had and it put the race uh, beyond doubt in the space of 100 metres or so at the top of the straight and sprinted clear to win very comfortably. Only a field of 10. Um, I think a Lambert lad ready tip especially in the cup, but I think this is a good thing this year. 9-2. I'm actually just watching uh, the replay of that race you mentioned there, Gigi's Gemstone. Yes, you're right. It sort of mm. ran in, up behind a couple of tiring horses mm. giving ground mm. there in the straight and had to change course and yeah, never really got to wind up at any no. stage. No, never, ever, ever. It was uh, the best of good things beaten. Yeah, there was a horse in the yellow with blinkers that start, winkers that stopped sort of at its lap there. I just don't know which the horse. I haven't got any audio. But anyway, it was three wide doing it tough. Thanks, Colin. Mm. Okay, docs. There is Colin McNiff. Big weekend, isn't it? Derby today and then the Cup on Sunday and other features, including the Lions. So his three specials for Sunday. 4-3 Loudmouth, 8-11 GG's Gemstone, $4 and 9 to a Lambra Lad. The prize there, two thirty.